Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, it is Locked On SoCal Hockey, and Sarah and I have one more set of predictions to make. How will those go? Find out on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday to everyone. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Before we go any further, I would like to introduce the... Shaquille O'Neal to my Kobe Bryant, Sarah Avampado from Locked On Los Angeles Kings. Sarah, how's it going? It is a beautiful sunny day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day, day for a neighbor. Won't you be mine? Could you be mine? <laughs> I'm a big Mr. Rogers fan. I have been forever. Actually, um, you're from Pittsburgh, so this makes I am. sense. That mm-hmm. you'd be a fan of Mr. Rogers since he, of course. he's from Pittsburgh. Anyway, we digress. So we have two series to review. And Sarah and I have been doing this since last season where we predict each of the playoff series. Uh, they haven't gone so well for both of us. Uh, least of all, Sarah. Let me just explain. So in the previous round, the division finals, Sarah went over 4. I thought for a minute that she might be 0 for 6. On the last two rounds. So let's talk about both those series. Uh, let's talk about the one that's, that ended first. That's the Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. Wait, are you... Wait, what? The Canadians? they're still in it? Are you serious? Yes, I am. Just to quickly go over that series, Vegas did win game one. And after that first game, it looked like it was all Vegas. It didn't look like Montreal had much of a chance after that first game. Uh, they were outshot, outplayed, outhustled. You know, pretty much every statistical category that can go against Montreal went against Montreal. Like I said, shots on goals were 30-29. The hits were in favor of the Golden, or in favor of Montreal, but that was about it. Everything else. Montreal did get a power play goal from Cole Caulfield. That was about it. Then we go to Game 2, and that's when things began to change just a little bit. Where Montreal squeaked out a 3-2 victory in Game 2, followed by a Game 3. I I don't know what the heck that was in Game 3. I don't know what happened, but somehow Corey Perry became a meme once once again. I I don't know what, but he was left bruised and bloodied. Uh, What the hell happened there, Sarah? Magic. Is what happened. I have no th- th- that series made no sense to me, but yeah, the the Corey Perry bleeding profusely from his face may be the iconic image of that series <laughs> because you know Corey Perry's good for like one of those moments a year apparently, and uh, this was this season's. Uh, there was one other big story that I do want to touch on for a minute, and it was that Montreal's head coach Ducharme he was out. Because of a positive COVID-19 test. As soon as you saw Coach Desjardins leave, there was a lot of drama around the start of that game. I mean, that's that's got to suck for Montreal. When you heard that news, did you think Montreal had a chance? I, I mean, every step of the way, I've been like, well, this is it for Montreal. So I feel like when that happened, I was like, well, okay, you don't have a coach. Like... He's already the interim coach, so it's already weird. Uh, yeah, I was like, well, good luck, I guess. But apparently Montreal heard what we said and took took offense to that because yeah. we know what happened. By the way, next in line was Luke Richardson. Guess who was who were the assistant coaches? 
Alexander Burroughs mm-hmm. and Sean Burke, as in goalie coach Sean Burke. <laughs> Burroughs and Burke were your assistant coaches. In what world does this happen? Wacky 2021 hockey world, apparently. Yeah, that that was a great game. Cole Caulfield had an amazing goal in that game. But then it was Anderson that won it with his second goal of the night at 12.53 of the of the overtime. Josh Anderson's goal was a nice breakaway and a great moment for the Canadians. I thought after they won that game three, they said they might have a chance. They might. And then we got to game four and the tables had turned a little bit again. Vegas somehow came out. Oh, by the way, one of those goals in game three, Marc-Andre Fleury kind of just let one in off his own skate so guess who started game four robin Leonard. <laughs> guess how that went gonna go with poorly no it went well in game four. Oh, it did I, it see, did they all go blend well together. yeah it they did go well together. in game four robin leonard was a beast he only allowed one goal in game four and that was cole caulfield again but vegas did manage to win this one in overtime two to one so that was a crazy game then Montreal came back in Vegas, and Fleury started. He didn't have a good start. So Montreal won that one 4-1. to one. But the game that I, I really want to talk about is Game 6, the one that just took place a few days ago. Uh, what were your takeaways on Game 6 and the series in general? You know, I, I think, I mean, series in general, really, I mean, I think that game kind of exemplified why the Montreal Canadiens are going to the Stanley Cup final, because do they necessarily play super exciting hockey? No. And lots of like hockey men are very much complaining about, you know, Montreal playing the trap game and whatever. But you know what? <laughs> they won. So doesn't matter how you get there. Uh, and, and you know, I think Montreal showed that they can put together a, a strategy that shuts down the offense of a legit team. It's not like half of Vegas got hurt and they were playing the Henderson Silver Knights, you know? Like, they were playing a legitimate top-of-the-league team, and they managed to hold Mark Stone to, like, zero points, right? Yeah. Uh, if you, you shut down Mark Stone, who is, like, one of the best players in the league, I mean... No wonder Vegas couldn't get anything going. Um, It it was just that last game was basically a clinic on the part of the Canadians on how how to close out a series, pretty much. What surprised me about this series, as far as Mark Stone is concerned, is they play the trap game on Mark Stone perfectly. He did Mm -hmm. take blame or he took responsibility for not just that loss, but the entire series in general. And I do like that about Vegas's captain is right away, first thing he said on that press conference after Game 6, it is my responsibility, it falls on me. Do not blame the goaltending situation, do not blame these other guys, no, it falls on me. I have to admit, when he said that, kind of have a little bit more respect for Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's right, it's not the goaltending situation. Yeah, Fleury didn't have the best game, but the defense in front of him did not play well in Game 5. The defense mm-hmm. in front of Robin Leonard did not play great in game six. Was the power play goal by Shea Weber a great one? Yes, that was a blistering shot. The Cole Caulfield goal. Look, Cole Caulfield just beat everybody in game six. That was an amazing goal. He got the puck on his stick, kind of flipped it on his stick, and just beat everybody. That was an amazing goal. The Lycanin goal, yeah, that was a tough 
pill for Vegas to swallow because they could have won that game in regulation and didn't. They had their chances. They could have won in overtime and did not. But like you said, this is an area of Montreal's game. They take advantage of mistakes. Their forecheck is one of the best in these playoffs. Some of the Vegas turnovers, they've been in their own defensive zone, and Montreal tends to get turnovers on their side. Same thing with another team that we're about to talk about in a few minutes. But that's kind of what it is. Just taking advantage of every little mistake. And that's what Montreal does. And that's ultimately what got them to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, One other kind of weird note, actually a lot of weird notes on this one. (laughs) They were awarded the Campbell Bowl. Was that weird to you? So weird. So weird. You don't even go here, Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) We're both West Coast people. Uh, We we can tell when something's weird, and this was the one where we said, yeah, this is weird. This was the first time that Montreal's won the Campbell Bowl. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) It's not supposed to be this way. And yet it was. I don't know how. (sighs) And then you had Shea freaking Weber with his amazingness. And by the way, Cole Caulfield with his amazing fedora hat. I I know you're (laughs) a fan of fedoras. <laughs> that one looks cool. Uh, he 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 the, the boys got style. <laughs> yep. By the way, the last time the Canadians went to the Cup final, they won the Prince of Wales trophy in 1993. We don't have to talk about the last time the Canadians went to the final. We don't have to talk about that. No, we don't have to and we're not going to. So, <laughs> we're going to head Oh god, we are already way over time. So, we're going to head into the first intermission, but first let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land with several great flavors including raspberry, double chocolate. What are some of your favorite flavors? Uh, I am definitely a fan of well, really all I mean they're all chocolate, but you know, salted caramel has been really uh kind of on the top of the list for me lately. It's been Pretty tasty and uh, tastes like you're eating a candy bar, which is maybe my favorite thing about Built Bars. Yeah. You know, they're only 130 calories. Amazing. And only have four grams of sugar. Amazing. And they have 17 grams of protein packed into that bar. That's very healthy. It is very healthy and delicious. So why not try it for yourselves? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever. Uh, we're going to come back, talk very quickly about the other series, and then make some predictions. Ooh, you ready for that, Sarah? Nope. All right. Well, we'll get to them anyway on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On SoCal Hockey, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and special guest Sarah Avampado. Yo. So we have one more series to talk about. But first, uh, Sarah, how did you predict that last series between Vegas and Montreal? I predicted Vegas to win. In six. Remember how I almost convinced myself to pick Montreal? You, You did a good job of trying to convince yourself. I almost... I legit almost went Montreal, but I put Vegas in seven just to be on the safe side. So, Sarah, you were 0 for 5 at that point. Yeah, you missed well, five in a row. Know, can't be perfect all the time. Well, technically six in a technically six in a row because the last series that ended was the Montreal Toronto series. So, in actuality, you had missed your last six predictions. 
This is incredibly mean. No, I'm just, I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm doing it to point out fact that every time you have predicted against Montreal, they have won. And my guest coming up will appreciate that fact. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the other series, Tampa Bay and New York. Now, this one, you thought Tampa Bay would win a little bit easier. Yeah. And well, I tried to convince yeah. myself to pick New York. And I tried <laughs> to convince everyone, this is going seven games. Like, I did my best to convince my friends, everyone I knew, no, it's going to go seven games. It's not going to go five or six. <laughs> it did go seven games. It did. And I knew it would. The Islanders are a well-rounded team. They're better than they were last season. It was an even series through the first four games. It was two to two after four games. But then game five. Oh, eight nothing Tampa Bay. What the F was that? New York didn't <laughs> even bad. try. It was a thrashing. <laughs> so I'm not even going to talk about the first five games. I'm going to shimmy over to game six. Because game six had a lot of drama, a lot going on there, and beer bottles thrown at the end of the game. And this was a case where one team that does a good job on creating turnovers, they did just that. Anthony Beauvillier got a na a nice pass from the Tampa Bay Lightning right in the zone and only a minute in overtime. Beauvillier scored the game-winning goal for the Islanders. And that made it a 3-2 victory in favor of New York. But there was a lot of other storylines that we can't get to, like Matt Martin missing his family's wedding. Yeah, Matt Martin missed the Esiason wedding because of a game on a Saturday. So there was that drama. Then there was drama between the fan bases. Then there was drama just within the game. Like, there was all kinds of other storylines that we don't have time for that we could fill up for. But Beauvillier's game-winning goal in Game 6... Then you had the beer bottles flying down. WTF, Sarah? It's the Islanders, man. <laughs> you know, bless that that arena, that fan base. They they will let you know when they are unhappy, or I guess when happy. I, they just have a lot of feelings, and they certainly do not shy away from expressing them. Oh, not at all. And by the way, it turns out that would be the last game at Nassau Coliseum because Game 7, this one to Tampa Bay, that was a tight game from start to finish. And you had the feeling that maybe, maybe New York would create some kind of opportunity. Uh, the only goal was a shorthanded goal by Yanni Gord from Sorelli and Kalorn. And that was the only goal of the game, one nothing. And that was also kind of a bad turnover by New York right on the blue line. But give credit to New York for coming this far. But give credit to the Lightning for taking advantage on that game. What was your takeaway from Game Seven? You know that that it was it was such a tight game. Like it was very tense, which I feel like is the way that one nothing games usually are. The fact that it was a shorthanded goal, it, it just the whole thing. It was it was sort of a disappointing way for things to end for the Islanders. I had hoped that there would be a little bit more fight, but you know, Tampa Bay, they, when they want to shut things down, they shut it down. Uh, and that, you know, the, the Islanders just had no room to play in that game. And it, it, it is a series that like, or I mean, really the whole playoff run is basically 
is this the year that people finally will like respect the New York Islanders? Because I know everyone, including myself, mm-hmm. sort of wrote them off and were like, well, they're not going to go very far. They're not going to do anything. But here we are. It's the second year in a row where they've gotten this far in the playoffs. And they have, you know, it's not it's it's not by luck that they've gotten there. So they're definitely a team that I think deserves more respect than they've been getting. And maybe next year will be the year. Who knows? Yeah. By the way, uh, we did both have Tampa. I had this one nailed. I had Tampa in seven on this one. So I know there's some of you listening that told me Tampa in five. Give some respect to the New York Islanders. That's all I'm saying. Give them some mm-hmm. respect. But give respect to, I know Yanni Gord, and you're going to talk about Kucherov and Stamkos. And I was like, no, give some respect to Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Zergachev. They got five blocked shots each during that game. So Sarah nailed it on the head. New York wasn't given much room because those two were blocking shots left and right. And now let's get to some predict. Well, we have one prediction to make. Mm-hmm. One series. Stanley Cup Final. The Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning. One series to decide them all. Sarah, ladies first. Who do you got in this series and in how many games and why? Tampa in six. Because I don't want to anger the hockey gods and or Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians by choosing her team. I, I, I definitely respect the fact that the Montreal Canadiens have gotten this far. And it's going to be amazing to watch two of the best goaltenders in the league, Carey Price and Andre Vasilevsky, go up against each other. But I, I think that Tampa is deeper. They have been here before, so they know what it takes to, to gut it out through the uh, through a Stanley Cup final playoff round. Uh, so I'm going with Tampa in six. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Okay. I'm going to go Tampa Bay in seven. Y'all are not giving enough respect to the Montreal Canadiens. They're a very good team. They're they're very good at playing shutdown hockey when they can get to those uh, pucks in the corners. They are as good as any team in the National Hockey League. And Carey Price is playing like a goat right now. I'm going to make a bold, bold, bold prediction. This might be a case where the Conn Smythe Trophy might go to the losing goaltender. Ooh. Because they've both been amazing. Mm-hmm. But if Tampa Bay wins it, I think Carey Price has been more amazing. So I'm going to make a bold prediction. Tampa in seven. But it's such a good series and such a great goaltending series that I bet you that Carey Price has a legit chance to win the Conn Smythe Trophy in a losing effort the first time since J.S. Jaguar of the Anaheim Ducks in 2003. There's your bold prediction right there. I like it. Very bold. Very, very spicy. Yeah, so Tampa and seven, price wins, Consmyth. Book it, take it. And if that happens, folks, you heard it here first. <laughs> but no, you're right. Kerry Price, for my money, he has been the best player in these playoffs. And it's not just the stats, but it's the fact that he hasn't really let in any soft goals since way back early in the first round. Mm -hmm. And that is it. Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. And by the way, if Tampa Bay does win it, Pat Maroon (laughs) would be the first player in the cap era to win three consecutive Stanley cups. Oh man. What a world. (laughs) 
and he would do it with two different teams. <laughs> St. Louis in 19, Tampa Bay 2020, maybe Tampa Bay in 2021. On the flip side, there is another bit of trivia. So Eric Stahl and Corey Perry are both on Montreal, right? Uh-huh. Eric Stahl last won a Stanley Cup in 2006 with Carolina. Mm-hmm. Corey Perry last won a cup with Anaheim in 2007. They would be the second and third longest, I guess, like between cups players in NHL history. The record is 16 seasons by Chris Chelios. Oh, wow. Yeah. Chelios went 16. Yeah. Look that one up. <sighs> Chelios went 16 years between Stanley Cups. That's how long it has been. <sighs> I could even pull up the list for you right now as I talk and do some live research because that's what we do here sometimes on Locked on SoCal Hockey is sometimes we have some live research where I remember certain facts but don't remember the exacts of it. I know it's Chris Chelios. Uh, 1986 with the Canadians, 2002 with the Red Wings. Amazing. Mark Retchy, <laughs> 15 seasons, 91 with Pittsburgh, and 2006 with the aforementioned Carolina Hurricanes. And the last name on this list, Bill Guerin. He won his first cup in 1995 with the New Jersey Devils. And Sarah, you should know this because you're from that area. Who won the Stanley Cup in 2009? Uh, that would be the uh, Pittsburgh Sidney Crosby's. <laughs> 14 seasons for Bill Guerin. So, yeah, we could have Stahl and Perry hmm. in that list as well. That's kind of an odd stat, isn't it? That's super odd. Yeah, hmm. I like odd stats. Yeah. Uh, we could talk forever, but I do have a special guest coming in, and I think she will appreciate that you picked Tampa in six in this one. <laughs> so I've written the predictions down. We will see how that goes. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much once again for doing this for the second year in a row. Always glad to uh, make some predictions. This year, everyone knows that I don't know what I'm talking about by making guesses <laughs> that are wrong. So cool. So where can the folks hear what you... Maybe you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you can find on your me. Podcast. You can find me on Locked On Los Angeles Kings uh, wherever you get your podcasts at Locked On LA Kings on Twitter. Uh, I am on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. In case you want to like pester me about how much I don't know things, uh, that'd be great. Uh, and then just you know say hi. It's cool. I'll talk to you about Corey Perry. It's fine. Ah. Uh... We went 20-something minutes, and you finally brought that up. I, I did. All right. Yep. Sarah, thank you so much. And we're going to talk again pretty soon. I bet we are. <laughs> yeah. That's all That's all we're going to say. We're going to say so- nothing more, right? Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, folks, be in for a surprise on Wednesday's podcast. Can, can we say that? Can we say more? No. No. All right. Yeah. So check out Wednesdays. Sarah, thank you again so much. Yay. And um, you're going to stick around because we have another ad that we have to do, Uh and it's betonline.ag. And um, if you're a betting person, don't listen to Sarah Avampato because (laughs) because she has not known her predictions. So if you are betting smart money, um, Sarah predicted Tampa in six, just FYI. So if you want to make a bet on the NHL Stanley Cup final, head over to betonline.ag. They're the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust. 
and what will happen if they use promo code locked on on their first deposit, Sarah? Uh, they are going to get a pretty nice welcome bonus whenever they uh, sign up. It's a 50% welcome bonus, I do believe, by signing up at betonline.ag. So if I make a deposit of $200, what will their bonus be? Oh, heck if I know. $100. Yeah, 100 bucks. That's exactly right. So head over to betonline.ag, promo code locked on, 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly, people. All right, Sarah is going to come back later on this week, and I'll be back with Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians to convince you, the Duck fans, why you should be rooting for the Montreal Canadiens. Welcome back to Locked On, Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. And I have another special guest. Wow, I got two guests in one show, but this is a very special guest because she is one half of Locked On Canadians who are in the Stanley Cup final. It is Laura Saba. Laura, how's it going? How are you feeling? I am at the point that your listeners will be hearing this. I am extremely nervous and probably chewing all the furniture. (laughs) But right now, I am allowing myself to be happy before one more sleep because the Montreal Canadiens are in the Stanley Cup final. And as a Montreal Canadiens fan who wasn't even a fan at the last time they did this, uh, didn't even live in Canada the last time they did this, this is a huge and momentous occasion, not just for the city, not just for the team, but also in my life. I'm very, very happy and excited. And thank you so much for having me on to talk about it. So before we talk about, you know, you convincing the Duck fans, let's talk about how they got here. And one, okay, I know there's one player that you've loved talking about on your podcast and someone <laughs> someone that you've been very fond of, not the player I'm thinking of, but the small boy, <laughs> Cole Caulfield, who, by the way, looks very stylish in his fedoras. What can you tell us about Cole Caulfield? So as Ducks fans with a very exciting young prospect, you won't be new to the feeling of, you know, wanting this player to be played ASAP and uh, and, and to contribute to the team as soon as possible. The one difference is in Montreal, uh, for the first two games of their playoff uh, run, he wasn't played. He was sitting in the press box and that decision was widely panned. And later on, uh, when he came back in, he had such an impact on the Montreal Canadiens and their run. And I have to say, so this this player was drafted in 2019. Obviously, his name is Cole Caulfield, and lots of teams passed on him. I believe it's 13 teams that passed on him, and he went 15th overall uh, because somebody had two picks. So I want to say was it Philly? I don't I don't remember. Anyway, two play a two a team passed on him twice, and it's because of his size. He is a very skilled hockey player. He played with the Wisconsin Badgers for two seasons before being uh, signed his entry level deal. Uh, a few a couple of weeks before the playoffs started uh, in Montreal and he was initially sent down to Laval and he lasted three games <laughs> and in those three games I think he scored he played two games and scored three goals is what it was and then the Canadians called him up just to hang out with the team they, they didn't officially put him on the taxi squad even they just uh, wanted him to come along for the ride and when the Canadians went out for their western road to road trip uh you know, in March, <laughs> I believe it was at this point. Uh, and uh, they said they just wanted him to have the experience of being with the team. Eventually on that road, road trip, they played him 
and uh, he they have not looked back since. And so he's this year he's played in the NCAA. Uh, and he's played in the World Junior Championships, mm-hmm. in which he gold, won a gold medal. With who? Uh, now, with who? With uh, the United States, Jason. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm yeah. aware. Um, and uh, and uh, then he was he went to Laval, and he scored goals there. And now he's in Montreal scoring goals. And now he's in the literal Stanley Cup final, expected to score goals. And who knew? I think... <laughs> Who knew? And this is, you know, on our podcast, it was kind of a meme from day one. So, you know, Jason, uh, like, like, like myself and Scott, we're old timers, you know, we're, we were here pretty early on. And uh, from from I think our second or third episode, we did a whole special on Cole Caulfield and, and our expectations of him. And this was in 2019 in October. And uh, it hasn't taken that long. But at the beginning, it was like, Call up the small goals boy, sign the small goals boy, let's let's check in on the small goals boy, because he is he's he's Listed as 5'7", but I think he's, he's more not. like 5'4". He's <laughs> absolutely like 5'4". Uh, anyway, and, and you know, the thing about him is that he's got speed and he's got goal-scoring ability. But what we've learned about him, and see, I'm rambling on because you let me talk about him. I'll just talk for half an hour, Jason. Okay, but, so I should probably stop you in a minute then. <laughs> in a minute. Let me just say that the keys to his game. So, you know, he, he's a fast player and he, he scores goals and that's what he's known for. But he's proven in the playoffs that not only is he solid as a playmaker, he's 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 dished out some game winners to 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 his line mates, uh, but he's also pretty good defensively. Like I'm not saying he's going to be out there blocking the shot on the penalty kill, but he's very good positionally. You watch him scurrying on the ice; he looks like a little little mouse. I said this on on lockdown and NHL too, so uh, sorry if you've I'll, heard. I'll this do one you before. one better. He's like Speedy Gonzalez out there. He is like Speedy Gonzalez out there. Uh, and, and you know, you, you watch him and you're like, where is this kid going? And then you see and it's like he went to the right place, either uh-huh. to receive a pass, to score a goal, to break up a play from the opponents, to steal the puck from Galchenyuk. To self-pass it, to himself. It's a self-pass to, yeah, he, he passes to himself sometimes and it, it blows my mind. Anyway, he his hockey smarts are there. He's worked really hard on back-checking. I'm not going to say, you know, he's, he's a defender. That's not his role. That's not his job. His job is to score goals and to create offense. He's doing that. But he's just so good for a, for, for a rookie, a rookie playing against the best teams in the NHL. He has been so good positionally and it blows my mind how good he is. I think he is going to be one of the keys to the Canadians, if they are to win against Tampa Bay. And folks, that's a big reason why you should be rooting for the Montreal Canadiens. They have a fantastic player in Cole Caulfield, you know, having all those accolades already at such a young age. And correct me if I'm wrong, but those two games that he didn't play, they were both Montreal losses, right? No, one of them was a was a win, but it was a oh, that's it right. Was a, it was the one where John Tavares got injured. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So wait, are you telling me that? Since he's been in the lineup, they've only lost four times, and that's it? hmm Oh, my God. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> so maybe he's the key in all this. So appeal even more to the Ducks fans, especially the Ducks fans, why they should be rooting for the Canadians in this cup final and why they should jump on the bandwagon immediately for this run. Okay, so I swear this is not a dig. It's not a dig. Mm-hmm. It's a practical thing. If the Anaheim Ducks are paying Corey Perry to play for the Montreal Canadiens, I feel like there's a financial stake in this, right? <laughs> They're paying Corey Perry. They might as well be paying Corey Perry to win. <laughs> uh, and also, I don't know how the parting terms were with him, but I do believe that he was liked by the fans because he is a great player, even though he is um, he's a pest. 
he's uh, he's he's toned down for this year for the season for the most part uh and uh i we have a meme on our show as well other than the small goals boys that i refuse to admit that i like Corey perry because as soon as i do he's going to elbow somebody in the head or slew foot them or chop off their arm or do something but what this isn't 2015 Corey perry we're talking about <laughs> it's 2021 Corey perry but you know he did have the walk of shame last year in that in that outdoor game well best I... meme of 2020 <laughs> I uh, I I think that you know in in spite of all or despite all of that, there's also a reason to cheer for him in that he is playing phenomenally. The Canadians have him on the fourth line, and he and his line mates Eric Stahl and Yol Armia. But uh, in game one, we expect it to be Jake Evans because Yol Armia is out due to COVID protocol. Uh, he has been playing just inspired hockey, and the, I think. You know, if you talk about the Canadians and Cole Caulfield, and I want to bring up Nick Suzuki in a moment, Corey Perry has really been a mentor. He's taken them under his wing. He acts like a dad to them, which is so weird to see because, you know, that's not that's not the picture we have of him, right? No. But he he literally is like, he's like a dad to them. It's so funny. He's He's been the guy after every game. If you have a milestone, you score a game-winning, game-winning puck, or if Carey Price gets a shutout, he like immediately goes to hunt down the puck to make sure that you get it so that he you does. can keep it forever. Corey Perry yeah, is so good at that he's that guy and and you know the thing is that he also said that they've had conversations with the younger players for him and Eric Stahl for example because they won and they won early in their careers you know don't take this for granted you know this is something that doesn't come around a lot you know enjoy the moment and the what I expect what I see when I watch them is I see Corey Perry loves his teammates like it's so weird he's full of love for every guy in that room but he's not the only guy right so we talked about Cole Caulfield. He's got a line mate in Nick Suzuki. I can't say that. He's he's the nice boy who washes his hands and then scores important goals is who he is. He's one of the best playmakers, playmakers on his team, if not the best playmaker. You can, you know, you can say Jonathan Drouin is, but he's been out indefinitely. And we don't really expect him to be back before the end of the final. And uh, he's, he's just a phenomenal player. He's so calm and chill. He's very, very young. He is honestly, like you watch him on the ice, he plays like he's a pro. He's been there forever. He's got so much skill and he is, he just has this great attitude. And and that's mm-hmm. something that's also really important. He's a joy to watch and he's a person that you can love, right? Yep. You can root for him. The other thing too, is that if you like goaltending in any way, or if you've been impressed with Carey Price's is. career in any yes. way. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. This is what's drawn me into the Canadians, this playoff run has been the price is right. Carey Price, not throwing any cliffhangers here, but he's plinking along. I could <laughs> I could do this all day with the price is right facts here. <laughs> <laughs> he is one of the best goaltenders in the world. Obviously, he is on the lower or the declining end of his career. In his life, he has won World Juniors. He's won the Calder Cup. He's won the Olympic gold medal. He has won uh, World Championships. I he has won pretty much every tournament. He's won uh, the, the MVP trophy. He's won the Vezina. The one thing he has, or there's two, actually. There's the two. two things he has not won. He has not won the Stanley Cup, and he has not won the Conn Smythe. And he is widely expected that if the Canadians are able to pull this off, 
he will be the reason why he will be the Conn Smythe winner because okay. every player has stepped up. Philippe Dano has stepped up and he's very deserving. You know, we, uh-huh. we talked about the young guys, Nick Suzuki, blah, blah, blah. We talked about the old guys, Eric Stahl, uh, Corey Perry. We talked about a lot of people who've been unsung heroes over the course of this playoff run. But Carey Price has been the consistent one. He's the one that's given them a chance every night. He's been the one where when the players didn't play well, uh, the skaters didn't play well, he bailed them out. And he really, you know, you live and die by Carey Price. And, and they all say that he's the one who's the calming presence in the room. Yep, so, he gives yeah. them what Ooh. they need. Do you want to hear the predictions that we made before you came yes. on? So yes. Sarah has Tampa in six. Mm-hmm. I have Tampa in seven because I think Montreal is that good. But I made a bold prediction on the previous segment that you didn't hear. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to say it right now. Not play it, but I'm going to say it. I predict that. Despite the fact that Tampa will win in seven, I'm predicting this. I also predicted that Carey Price will win the Conn Smythe no matter what, becoming the first. If that happens, he'd be the first one since J.S. Jaguar of the Anaheim Ducks in 2003. Because I think Carey Price has been that good and he has played that vital of a role for Montreal. So I think it is almost set in stone. No matter if they win or lose, if it goes seven, Carey Price will win the Conn Smythe no matter what. And I think he'll deserve it. And, you know, I, I think it'll be sad, obviously, because the other thing, too, is that Tampa Bay's been here before. They've been to plenty of finals. They finally won last year. This is this would be a repeat for them. But for people like Carey Price and Shea Weber, who are at the tail end of their careers, like this run even though the Canadians have deserved every game that they've won and some of the ones that they did, they didn't deserve some of the ones that they won too. But for the most part, they've been really good at playing to their own strengths and their opponents' weaknesses, even though their opponents might be more talented than them on paper, they've earned this run. And I think it would be really sad if they don't win because Tampa Bay could easily be here next year. Whereas for Montreal, it could take another, I hope it doesn't take another 28 years, but this is one of those one shot when, you know, it's hard to get to this place. It's hard to get to this point. A lot of things have to go right for you in order for you to get to this point. And sometimes you'll notice a lot of teams like they, they even though they're expected to go far, whether it's luck or one mistake or choking or whatever it is, they don't make it. You know, you, you look at the Colorado Avalanche, one of the best teams in the league, haven't mm-hmm. made it out, out of the, the second round in God knows how long. You know, you talk about Toronto Maple Leafs. They were by far the most talented team in this division. They didn't make it past the first round. The Edmonton Oilers got swept, even though they have a lot of talent. I wouldn't say they're a better team depth-wise than Montreal, but they have more talent. Obviously, their top-end talent is unmatched in the league. Hey, that's something that our teams have in common, is they know how to embarrass the Oilers. (laughs) I love that. And so... There's that. Uh, I, I think there's that aspect of it as well, is that they've fought really hard. They've earned it, and it, it, it's it's their shot. It's their one shot. And so you really hope it goes right for those veterans to get a cup before they retire. Because one of the things that breaks my heart is Saku Koivu, who Anaheim Ducks fans are familiar with, yep. uh, retired without winning a cup. And Andre Markov also retired without winning a cup. And I, I believe that those two players are very deserving of a cup, and they never got one. So for me... I want that for Carey Price and I want that for Shea Weber before they retire. And, you know, and even Brendan Gallagher, like he's not a veteran. He, he's a vet- He's not old, but he's considered a veteran at this point. Even he, you know, like he's on the declining end of his career almost. So you, you want him to get a cup. Saku Koivu is a name you brought up that is painful for Ducks fans because he came to Montreal right after Montreal won it and came to Anaheim 
right at the tail end of his career in one of those seasons where we thought Anaheim could go far and it just didn't happen. We're looking like 2013, 2014, 2015, like that era. He could have gone far and it just never happened. I know Ducks fans don't want to feel that pain, but you hit it right on the head. Shea Weber, Carey Price, those guys deserve at least one cup in their long, illustrious careers. I think you did a fantastic job of convincing the Ducks fans to root for these Canadians, especially this season. I hope they get it. Even though I predicted Tampa Bay, you know what I'm hoping for. I I I, ac- I absolutely agree. I also predicted Tampa in six for the record, just so you all know. Okay. Um, we're over time. So where can the fine folks find you on the socials? They can find your work, find your podcast, and all that fun stuff. So you can find our podcast, Locked on Canadians, where you're listening to this podcast. It's literally wherever you get your podcast, you can find us and listen to us. On Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians with an E. Uh, you can find myself at The Active Stick, and you can find my co- co-host, who's pretty awesome and does all the gifts, uh, at Scott Matla on Twitter. Please subscribe and listen to us, at least for this playoff run. And at some point after the, the, the playoffs are over, I have promised a... Corey Perry Palooza. Um, <laughs> so it'll be very soon after the playoffs are over. So I'll so. be coming on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And so you'll want to listen to that one. Uh, thank you very much. And I'm going to have you stick around till the end of the show by saying thank you all for listening. And thank all the Ducks fans for listening. Ducks fans, if you know what's good for you, if you know what's good for you maybe root for Corey Perry on this one. Because, hey... The Ducks have paid him $9.2 million to play in two consecutive Stanley Cup finals. The least he could do is win one of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, uh, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Odyssey, or any other app that you care to find. I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And I'm going to end the show with Laura here by saying, on behalf of Laura and myself, for Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying, have a fantastic rest of the day. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final that starts tonight. Please get vaccinated, be kind to one another, and Ducks, fly together. You know what it's time for, Laura. Quack. Quack, 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 quack. Have a good one, everyone.